Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, welcome back, Seahawks fans. This is Bill Alstead and Keith Myers and the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Welcome to the show. Got a fun show planned today. We're going to talk some DK Metcalf rumors out there, trade rumors, and what the team's going to do salary-wise, and are they going to offer him that next big contract that's uh, coming up on the on the team. He's eligible for a, an extension, and we're going to go over some players the Seahawks are meeting with prior to the draft, whether they've met them at the Senior Bowl or at the Combine or got visits scheduled in the next month or so welcome in keith how you doing man doing good um these dk metcalf rumors like i i get it from a lot of different angles but i also don't yeah um i mean there's it's like here's a guy that's 25 he's entering his prime he's 24 but he'll be 25 he'll be 25 for this coming year yeah um yeah so he'll be 25 during the season so uh but he is yeah, I mean, he's not even in his prime. He's entering his prime. And to trade away a, a guy like that who is a going to be a perennial pro bowler, it's like, okay, I get getting resources for a guy, but you could they could give a guy a con give him a contract, wait three years, and still get a haul of draft picks for him and get to keep him for a while because he's that he's good and he's that young. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Let's all right. So let's just start this thing. So here's the here's the layout for for the DK Metcalf thing. He's still on his rookie deal. You know, he's making like a couple. You know, what two million dollars? Or is he has escalators or whatever that may have kicked in. He might be up to like two point five or something like that. I can't remember. I didn't look at the at the deal. So and then we've got team control. So we've got the team control for this season, next season if we extend him um, or franchise, or franchise tag him. And then we could do another franchise that we had to and still be under the market of where it's, mm-hmm. you know, currently at. Um, so those are the things that are being considered. Um, also, who's going to get DK Metcalf the ball? Do we, can the team kind of approach this thing as a, you know, this is just kind of a premium position and a premium player without a premium quarterback to get him the ball? Um, those those are some of the things that you got to think about as well. However, on the other side of the coin, you've got to pay certain players at premium spots and build your team around those things. And it seems like DK Metcalf would be a solid choice to kind of do that into the future. Again, he's 24 this year, be 25 in December, and he's still on his rookie deal. And but but but. <laughs> Yep. The market is crazy, Keith. The market is, is crazy. Yeah. So you've got – here's the other context for all of this is that um, the Raiders gave up a first and a second round pick um, for Devontae Adams. The Dolphins gave up – And $22 a, million dollars a year. Well, yeah, but I was going to get to that part. Okay. Just, the, just within the trade market and what and what the, um, uh, what the Seahawks could get in return – um, the Dolphins gave up a first, a second, a fourth, and then a fourth and a sixth in another year. So, you know, it's five, it's five picks, that's, that's two, crazy two, town. you know, kind of two good picks, um, in there. So 
it's still, I mean, that's a, that's a ton of, of draft capital. If the Seahawks could get a first and a second, just like for, um, you know, what, you know, Devonte Adams, uh, brought them, it would be hard to pass up. I mean, uh, that's a lot of, a lot of draft capital. The other half of it is that, uh, Devonte Adams signed a contract at 22 million a year. Um, Tyreek Hill signed a contract, I believe at 24 million a year. 25 um, APY. Yeah. Is it 25 total? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike that's... Williams, three at three, you know, at $20 million a year. Chris Godwin at 12 million. Christian Kirk signed that crazy contract at 21 million APY. Those are the numbers though, that are being tossed around. Uh, Jake Heaps speculates that he's going to be at a minimum of 25 million. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm thinking, you know, if they do this the other way, they don't do it this year and they do it next year, they franchise him and then either trade him or sign him below him. It could even be 27 million by the time that they would do this deal this time next year. Um, and it, and here's the deal, though, Keith. Here's so there's two sides of this thing that I think the Seahawks could, could go down. You've got team control, he's on his rookie deal, you can franchise him. Okay, and you could still get the compensation next year after this one season with a new quarterback. See how it goes. Blah blah blah. blah. Just kick the can down the road on the decision. Um, if DK, you know, doesn't cause too much trouble in training camp and so forth, as far as wanting an extension before he shows up, all that kind of stuff. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, he's under contract. If he wants to get paid, he's going to have to show up. So. Um, and then, or they can take advantage of this crazy market, understanding already that the 25 million or 27 million APY is not in the way that they want to construct the roster and manage the salary cap. And John Schneider recognizes that now, looks at the market and looks at the potential trade uh, partners that he would be looking at and takes advantage of the market while it's while it's really hot and gets what he can knowing that he needs to build out the roster this year with lots of holes and you've got the new york jets who've already offered uh kansas city uh draft picks compensation in uh for hill and they missed out on that and then they've got green bay detroit kansas city obviously with with wide receiver needs and holes so keith what what are they going to do I don't know. Um, I'm looking at, at all this. I know Green Bay is listed as a potential choice, but if they were going to give a receiver that kind of money, why wouldn't they have just given it to Devontae Adams? If you're going to tur- turn around and trade away to Seattle, the draft picks you got um, for, you could, from you, Devontae, Devontae Adams and then yeah. sign him to a mega deal, why didn't they keep the guy they already had? Well, they could have had a little bit of, of disgruntled situation there, possibly. And then... Um, you've got that one year remaining of the rookie deal for DK, a younger player, a, a little bit, and you can kind of arbitrage that value with that cheap contract for 2022 as part of the overall package. So he's actually be a little, little less expensive. That's just yeah, my thinking. Still, that's a that's a lot of moving parts. At give and. There's there would be when you make that trade of Adams, there's no guarantee you're going to get Metcalf. So um, I, I just have a hard time viewing them actually being in the running for this. 
the Lions have draft capital, but they have no quarterback. And um, there's pretty much there's only like two positions on that roster that um, don't aren't viewed as needs. Why would they give up a bunch of draft picks for a um, an elite player? It's not like they have a quarterback either. Um, so really, to me, I, I'm looking at all this and I see Tennessee and the Jets as the two teams uh, that could be the, the a potential landing spot. And uh, you know that they're without a bunch of teams bidding, the the value might not go that high. And I just don't know if it's worth it. I mean, I really don't. You have the salary cap's going to go up by twenty percent next year. That's a huge jump. You can you and you don't have a quarterback. You're not paying a quarterback anymore. So why not commit the money to the to the um, big receiver, big name, big guy, super fast, game-changing kind of player because you don't have a quarterback to spend it on anymore and you're not going to get one. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, but then you're paying a guy that nobody can get the ball to. You're paying a guy with the idea that uh, before that contract is over, you're contending for a title again. You're hoping, yes. I mean, that and that is he, the theory. And he's young enough that he will be. This isn't like, uh, you know. He's not 29 it, or whatever. He's going to be gr- growing in the same timeline as whoever we bring in. Yeah. And so you're gonna if you're gonna bring in a quarterback, whether it be in this draft class uh, or preferably the next draft class, you want elite weapons for that quarterback to be throwing it to. It makes his job easier. It makes his development faster uh, when he's got outlets that will help, um, you know, account for any mistakes. And Metcalf's one of those guys. So again, you're not paying a quarterback overpaying a little bit for a receiver who's that young and is still going to be in his prime three years from now, four years from now. Um, I'm failing to see the, uh, the downside to this bill. I think I would feel more comfortable um, in two respects. I want to see a little bit more maturity on the field from DK Metcalf and be a real leader. He said uh, just this week that he takes his leadership role with the Seahawks going forward seriously. And he wants to be one of those glue guys. And um, I respect that, but I want to see it too. We've seen time and time again where he's gotten frustrated um, not getting the ball or in coverage where corners have taken advantage of of that mentality and kind of gotten in his head a little bit. 
Um, the other thing is that I think I would feel more comfortable if the number was closer to 21, 22 million. I think, you know, he is a number one wide receiver in this league, could develop into a superstar, but he's not quite there yet. I think he's top 15 wide receiver. He's not top five. And so I don't know if I'm comfortable paying him $27 million, breaking the bank um, and leading all wide receivers in salary in the NFL. I just, in his first big contract after his rookie deal, I'm not sure he's quite there yet. I don't know. He's going to be the highest paid receiver for the next, what, two months, and then he won't, won't be anymore because someone will sign a bigger deal than him. Um, it's not, I mean, that that doesn't matter much. And and again, you've got this rookie year that you can um, use to get the team through to next year when the salary cap jumps. That, that extra like $4 million to go from 21 to 25 when it the salary cap kind of becomes monopoly money a year from now or two years from now as these um, new media and money and um, gambling monies kick in that it, it really just doesn't um, it really just doesn't matter that much. I mean, it really, the salary cap is going to jump so high so quickly that an extra couple million dollars to keep a great player is worth it. Yeah. When we're, you know, one way or another DK Metcalf is going to get paid, whether it's Seahawks or somebody else. I think the the more important thing we've talked about this many times, especially in relationship to the Russell Wilson contracts is the percentage of overall team cap that that player gets. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, you're absolutely correct. The cap going up, you know, 10 to 20% in the next two years, um, it, it already pays for itself, you know, as far as being all, all things being relative. I mean, he's going to end up getting, you know, 10% of the team salary cap, not 10%, probably like 7%. Um, and that's significant, but we don't have Bobby Wagner. We're not paying Bobby Wagner anymore. It basically kind of takes the place of Bobby Wagner's contract. If you really kind of think about it, it yep. offense and defense wise, eventually we're going to pay a quarterback, but that's now probably out four or five years that mm-hmm. we've got a window here where we can take advantage of that. I think it does make sense. Who else are we going to give that money to? There's nobody else on the roster currently that we would pay superstar money to. Lockett's already tied up for another three years. It makes a lot of sense to be able to throw that money to DK Metcalf. Um, again, it's, it is important, though, when you're building out an entire roster where you've got holes all over the place, as we've talked about in the last few weeks with the Seahawks, you just want to make sure that you're still able to to kind of build those things out. I know that you say it's monopoly money, but at some point those hens do come into roost, and you've got to you've still got to manage that cap. Yeah, but I'm what I'm just saying is is managing the cap becomes different when the cap goes up from 180 million a year ago to two over 200 now to 240 next year to 285 the following year um it, it's, it, it is crazy it's crazy money yeah so um you know managing the cap in that environment becomes an it's not really a thing because the market has to reestablish what um different positions are worth once we that's get correct to 285 million it's hard to wrap your brain around it is the is the real issue it's it's our issue as opposed to the, the team's issue because yeah, those are the that's the reality of what you know players that are making 10 now are going to make 20 in three years 
Yeah, and that's, and, and it's and going that's to be the, the point. equivalent. Is right. you, 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 if you get, um, let's say you give uh, Metcalf four years, a hundred million extension beyond his rookie deal. So that way you get, you have him for this year and four more, right? By the end of that deal, he is bargain making mid tier money in his prime still not old. Yeah. This isn't a guy that's going to be 34, 35 at the end of that deal. This is a guy who's going to be uh, 29 in his prime. And we'll be making mid-tier money. Um, the, the money argument just doesn't hold a lot of weight with me right now because of the what's going on with the salary. And cap. it's and you're right. And it and it hardly ever holds really any weight. It's not our money. It's the team's. Money. It's like they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, but okay, so let's all let's hold all that. We've established. I think we're both in favor of keeping DK Metcalf on the team. I think mm-hmm. that just makes the most sense. Let's just say it doesn't make the most sense to John Schneider. Okay. What what do you think that they could go get? And what would that then do to the salary cap going forward? Also, uh, what kind of return could the Seahawks expect? And what would that do to the to the 2022-2023 drafts? As we're looking for that uh franchise quarterback, we're looking for all the pieces to surround the team with. So I'd start with um the Jets offer to the Chiefs, which was, if I remember right, um, a 35, back-end. 38, and 69. Is that what it was? I thought it was okay. I thought it was a back end around one, around two, and around three. Um, it may a, have been back end around one, but they, I've got it written down as 35, 38, 69. See, that's um, where that's what I would start at. And then I would make them include at least a second rounder in the following year. Um, yeah, interesting. Because then you're talking about four players in the top uh, 69 of the mm-hmm. draft, three this year, one the following year. That is a lot of young, athletic, you know, ready to go talent. Mm. And you use at least one of those picks on a wide receiver um, to replace Metcalf. Yes. Um, yeah, because the other picks. Go ahead. I say that that that's where you start. Anything else? Um, like you are, it's just, uh, you're, you're giving away a piece for, and you're not getting enough in return. So the jets have the fourth overall pick in the first round, the 10th overall pick in the first round. There has been talk about the jets giving up 10 and a second for DK Metcalf. Um, what do you think about that compensation? I wouldn't mind that a second i mean that would certainly make john schneider listen i'm just talking so we've talked about the scenario where dk medcalf stays on the team because it doesn't make any sense to get rid of him and you build around him and you give him the money because the money doesn't mean anything what compensation package will it take to start making sense for john schneider to pick up the phone and take the deal well see that's what i was just saying the um the four pick compensation where everything's you know in the 30s between 30 and and 70 um makes sense to me now you're gonna give up 10 overall um i mean that's that's i think dk metcalf is worth 10 overall sure and i'm not gonna say he's not i'm just saying if they're willing to give up 10 overall i'm gonna listen to that because that is and you throw in a mid-second rounder to top it off yeah i mean if you you can go in and get you make that trade 
and in return you get Garrett Wilson from Ohio State um, or Drake London or, from USC. Yeah, I was going to say Drake um, London, yeah. You know, you can trade back, gain a couple extra picks and still get Drake um, Drake London. I mean, there is <laughs> there's a lot of um, a lot of talent uh, that you can acquire in terms of wide receiver talent in this draft and getting a guy at getting the 10th overall pick would allow you to do that. And you'd get the other pick. Um, and even if you didn't go wide receiver at 10 Keith, um, the, the wide receiver classes we've talked about is pretty deep through three really, rounds, Yeah, you is. know, so you could go up and get guys of, of real importance um, currently right now as you're constructing, which would be defensive or, or, or offensive line or sauce Gardner, maybe at, at cornerback. Um, you, you know, there's a, a numerous guys you could you could draft Devonte Wyatt, etc. Um, so I would I would begin. I don't think the four is is realistic, but I think if the Jets came in with number ten and number thirty eight in the 2022 draft for DK Metcalf, I think John Schneider may take that deal because he doesn't have to worry then about the distraction he doesn't have to worry about you know all sorts of things and he really doesn't have he's not a really equipped this year to take advantage of dk Metcalf's skill set on this offense maybe he is maybe i'm being too hard on drew lock or whatever other quarterback we end up having and dk Metcalf might be used in a, in a different way in crossing routes and so forth and might be still productive without doing all the over over the top stuff he just kind of turned into a different type of wide receiver this year that might be interesting but man that would give me pause that's a lot of compensation the other team uh that i thought would be interesting um would possibly be the kansas city chiefs i know they gave up hill and I'm not sure what the motivation was there, but they still have Patrick Mahomes there. They're still in a competitive win now situation. And the guy like DK Metcalf would certainly be, would help their team. Well, so the, the motivation was a situation where um, Hill contacted them after the Devonte Adams deal and said, you know, uh, I've, I'm here's where I'm at contract wise. I need this. I may, hold out until I get it. And they said, okay, we're not dealing with that. And they sent him on his way. Um, and the compensation so, that, that Kansas city has potentially is a 29 and 30 in the first round, both 29 and 30. Um, and then 50, 62, 94. I mean, they're pretty now loaded with capital. They've got the capital to, to do a deal. Yeah, you're not getting 29 and 30. You're getting one of those two. And probably um, a future because that is essentially a, a second round pick. Yeah. And and so you could, but you have a fifth year option. Um, you could. Um, no, there's there's no fifth year option because he was a second round pick. No, I mean, on on a, if we got the 30 pick overall from Kansas. Oh, City. yeah. I hear and it. then That's you right. go get a first round pick next year. Both those are going to be late round picks. Um, that would be similar of equivalency to me to the draft, the jets doing mm -hmm. 10, 10 and what was it? 38. We yeah. talked about. So anyway, I can't see could be, you mentioned that the Titans, what about the Titans, Keith? Let me look up their what they've got available. Well, so the Titans, um, cut Julio Jones, 
mainly, you know, it was a matter of he was hurt most of the year and maybe isn't the same Julio Jones that he was earlier in his career, uh, even when he was healthy. And they just, they're, you know, trying to build their roster and, and trying to use their resources um, in the best way they see fit. So um, with Julio Jones gone, they are going to need that number one um, receiver to, you know, make that offense work a little better. I mean, that's a great running game and all of that, mm-hmm. but an over-the-top threat, someone that you have to, you know, keep a safety back for um, will just open up the running game more. And, and so it be worthwhile to them. Isn't Brown there, their, their main wide receiver? Yeah. Um, and DK Metcalf loves that kid. So that, that was Oh, absolutely. Um, they've got the 26th overall pick in the first round, and then they don't pick until 90, and then 131, 143. Certainly don't have the same draft compensation that Kansas City or the Jets have. No, it you, would have to you be definitely different. have to throw in something in 2023, which I think the Seahawks yep. would actually like because I think that's when everything kind of comes together for them. And well, it's also the more draft the capital, are. the more draft capital they have in 2023, I think the the better. So that's where, interesting. That's where the draft. That's where the draft or the quarterbacks are. All they're, right. not in, they're not in this year's draft class. They're in next year's draft class. Um, and so having more picks next year means if you have to move up, you can because you've got the ammunition to do it. Um, and so really that's kind of where you're looking. Okay. So the consensus is we want DK to stay. We think he's going to stay, but just in case we talked about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about a few um Seahawks meetings with players because this is kind of the, the time of the year where teams have met with players, both at the senior bowl and the combine. Um, as far as getting draft picks, getting a closer look, getting individual interviews, really an important step on the evaluation process. And now teams are starting to line up their um, up to 30 private workouts and interviews with players where they come into the team facilities and have a closer look and so we're starting to see some names we've already got a list of names and there's a couple of players that they've got 30 those that 30 visit uh things scheduled with so let's talk about that a little bit keith yeah so the the name that um uh that really stood out was brooks um the cornerback out of um cincinnati viewed as a top 10 pick um, they're clearly uh, Ahmad, Ahmad Gardner. You mean? So oh, Gardner, not, not yeah, I don't know. yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was sitting here looking at wide receiver names, and now my, my um, okay. Ahmad <laughs> Brooks, cornerback out of Cincinnati, um, in for a private workout. He is, like I said, he's a top ten pick, and um, maybe the second best corner in this draft. Um, and it that's an interesting uh, look for them because that would be someone mm-hmm. that they're looking at at nine or maybe eleven if they trade back a little bit. But you, you're not looking beyond that and so to use a one of your you know you have a limited number of private workouts to use one of them on a guy that's that high in the draft really gives you an idea that they may be considering um cornerback first thing yeah i absolutely yeah i you know and and it's one of those names uh, you know uh singly comes up as well as a guy that they're looking at i like sauce gardner better for the seahawks fit um and he doesn't have the injury history and and all that kind of stuff which really kind of scares me a little bit on throwing a pick that high to a player that's been missed quite a bit of time in the last couple years that's what these private workouts are for though is you don't 
you don't bring in a guy when you already have if you already have a evaluation done on him. You bring in a guy that you have questions about so you can answer them. And so they brought in Gardner um probably with the entire purpose being to get their medical staff um on him and and find out, you know, where he's at as far as that stuff and to get an idea of whether he's going to be a guy that's going to be hurt a lot at the next level. Um so maybe the the medical staff said, yeah, no. Uh, and so now he's not even on their board. Or you mean, maybe got, you mean uh, Stingley? Yeah. The guy, the guy from LSU? Yeah. 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 Um, and so it's a, when you have um, these private workouts, it's not just like, oh, they're really interested. It's, oh, they have, they are, but they have questions. They, they need another piece of information to finish evaluating a player. That's what these ones are for. So this is a process of elimination rather than confirmation, possibly. Yeah. It usually On a is. lot of these. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So, so out, of, that, out of the list, there's and there's the Percy Butler was just announced, uh, the safety uh, coming in, the Louisiana from, Lafayette guy. He's probably a mid to late round uh, mm-hmm. look. So he's not like, you know, in the first three or four rounds. Uh, but he is a kind of a special teams gunner, special teams guy. So that would be interesting. How about the list of players they've already looked at? And if you see any patterns or you see any types of players that they're kind of looking at that you're, you've kind of noticed. Well, I'll tell you the one pattern that I notice is running back. Um, as they met with Max mm-hmm. Borgie at a Washington state, um, they've met with, um, Abram Smith from Baylor, Isaiah Spiller from Texas mm-hmm. A&M, mm-hmm. um, Damon Pierce out of mm-hmm. from Florida. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep. Yeah. Um, so that tells me they're drafting running a running back. back. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely looking at that. I mean, and that's something that you and I have known, like once, um, once they get an idea of where, um, where they are as far as injuries and stuff, you know, the guys kept guys returning. Um, they're going to have to make a call and somebody's not returning and you and I both know who that's going to be. And it just comes down to when, when do they make that move? And my guess is that they're waiting for him to pass a physical so they can release him um, without the injury designation and not have to pay him um, going forward. Cause he'll be healthy enough to play for someone else. Um, that either that'll happen or he won't pass a physical, won't be um, allowed to play and will probably retire. And that brings in a different set of, um, you know, stakes as far as the salary cap and that kind of stuff for, for the team. So um, my guess is we're, we're going down that road and they're just looking at who can be available. Yeah. And even if he were to come on the roster and stay, there's still room for a fifth running back on the roster that you could draft and bring along. So mm-hmm. the other uh, one I noticed is is a couple of semi high profile offensive tackles in Abraham mm-hmm. Lucas out of Washington State. They met at the combine, and then Rashid Walker out of Penn State also meeting at the combine. Both are kind of at least we view them as left tackle prospects. I know yep. that Abraham Lucas has kind of played on the right side in college, but he's got the profile of a left tackle at the NFL level. So that's interesting to me. Yeah, and those are those are both um, high mid round day two picks. We'll call it that. Um, so not first round picks, but but still good players that have 
you know, some development time and then could easily be a, you know, left tackle of the future. So um, the other one that we, that really kind of stood out when I was looking at it um, was the, here's a name I can't pronounce. Um, it's Arnold Ebiketti. Is it Ebiketti? Ebiketti. Yeah. Ebiketti. He's a three, four outside linebacker from Penn mm-hmm. state. He's like, this is a guy who, gets up field, gets around corners. He's a, he's a pass rush linebacker, um, which is what you want. You, what you need your outside linebackers to be able to do. And um, yeah, so that was, I'm looking at, you're looking at that. That's a late round one kind mm. of name. And for him to be there on that list, to, it was very interesting. It, it's just one of those one of those data points that says, yeah, they're definitely converting to a yeah. three-four. And if, and if a guy like that would have dropped to the forty, he would. He's definitely on their on their board. Oh, and if then, he drops to forty, he's that's a that's a that's a pick. You just take you it. think? Yeah, you think? I just think and then, that's, that's a no-brainer. Um, I understand. I just read this just before we pushed record that um, Pete Carroll himself had a personal interview with defensive end drake jackson from usc at the combine hmm. so i found interesting. that interesting i had not heard that before Mm-mm. but it, but it makes sense i mean he's a player that is unrefined a little bit but it has tremendous athletic upside and he he's actually really good at dropping back into coverage and so forth um and uh, i'm very curious about that because it's the same sort of players arnold beckety um but I think he's just a little bit more athletic, but yet like unrefined on pass rush skills and all that kind of stuff. He's more of a, you know. Yeah. So here's a name that I think um, will pique your interest. And that is Kyle Hamilton, the safety. I know. Name. I saw that. Uh, was a virtual interview um, done via zoom. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like that is a guy that I don't, there's, is there any chance he's available at nine? I don't even know what you would do with him. Like, why would the Seahawks draft him at nine is, is my question. Like, if he did drop, and I've seen some mocks where he drops because uh, a, a quarterback or two goes early, I think that's the only way that he can drop is if there's just some weird position of need. Drake London goes, you know, a couple of the other guys, Trevor Penning goes earlier than we think or whatever. Um, Kyle Hamilton's there. The question is, you draft Kyle Hamilton, what do you do with – um jamal adams you at that point you've got to trade him he's he's untradeable though what if he's untradeable as far as just salary and nobody wants to take it i mean the seahawks are going to pay the majority of that in 2022 anyway because of the bonuses that have already been paid out i mean we'd be upside down on the contract but but they don't you'd have a better player to to replace him so yeah, better, younger, cheaper player to replace him. And you'd be upside down in the contract for one year when they, um, as we said earlier, maybe trading away their only payable asset. Um, so who cares? And then I wonder if Kyle Hamilton can come in and play um, the slot for you for a year and keep Adams as well and just transition for a year. Yeah. I mean, because I guess Adams yeah. may not make the entire year through anyway. <laughs> Yeah, he never does. He never gets through um, all sixteen games. So maybe that's the play: is you, you, you bring him in, and you have you run with three safeties um, until Adams gets hurt, and then you move him in to yeah. the starting role at strong safety. 
Um, the reason that Keith and I are talking about this is quite frankly, is we haven't really had to talk about this for about what, 10 years now where the, the draft picks have been so late and you know, you see the interviews and it's just kind of filler stuff and you not, not a lot of things to get excited about. And now we're starting to bring in guys, talk to guys that are going to be in the top 10. It mm -hmm. gets a little bit more interesting. In fact, they met with Malik Willis at the combine. They met with, um, you mentioned Kyle Hamilton, Logan Hall is on, has been on their list. Uh, Trayvon, Traylon Burks, who's a wide receiver that's supposed to go early. We talked about that earlier. Cade Otten, the tight end out of Washington. They met at the combine. Um, the pair of running backs I thought was interesting um, in Abram Smith and Isaiah Spiller. Um, Spiller's thought of, you know, to go at the back end of the second round or early third round. And Abram Smith is a fourth round kind of prospect. Both fit that profile of the physical between the tackles running back the Seahawks like. Um, Darian Beavers is a guy that they met. We haven't talked about a lot on the show as being a linebacker from Cincinnati, but he's also been, um, has a great athletic profile as well. I think he's an inside linebacker, if I'm not mistaken. I did look it up before I started talking, but, um, yeah, it's just interesting to me. Um, but that's it. I think this list grows though. Obviously we have only got, uh, two out of the 30 um mm -hmm. listed at this point it, i'm just going to be very curious as to see how that list develops here in the next couple of weeks yeah me too i mean that's uh the both of their both of their current ones are are defensive backs so uh that is worth worth watching that and point. and the seahawks have proven that they you know out of the 30 prospects that they do have visits with they'll draft three or four of those guys um, mm -hmm. especially with if they've got eight picks now and they end up with 11 or something guaranteed three or four of those guys are, are, are picks that they had in their own building. So, yep. Usually look for, um, anyone that's <coughs> like cross reference senior bowl with, uh, picks or with, um, guys that come in, right. uh, anyone that, that does both is probably going to be a Seahawk cause they're, I mean, that's, that's their, that's their history. They, they like senior bowl players and they like, um, you know, making sure that they talk to guys and, and double check everything before they make that pick. So, uh, keep an eye on that. All right. So I got a question for you. So, um, we haven't talked about this yet. I mean, we've got kind of a tentative schedule I did up a, a few months ago, but, um, in the next four weeks, what are we, what are we doing on this show? What are we trying to do as we head towards the draft? We're, we're talking about Seahawks bill. It's what we always do. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense. Actually. Thank you for clarifying. Um, <laughs> no, we're going to start looking at some, um, some sea hockey players. We're going to say, okay, you know, in that, that nine to 14 range, because you expect them, they might, you expect they might trade back. Um, who are some, some names to keep an eye on at the, um, yeah. in, in the forties, um, who are some names to keep, uh, I think that's a good idea because we did kind of blow by that a little bit in, in past. I mean, we've done a couple of mock drafts where we've mentioned now players in the in the top 10, but we've not really focused mm -hmm. a, a, an entire show on like five or six draft profiles of players that the CX would, would definitely consider. That would be a great show. Um, yeah, so I think basically for the next four weeks, all we're going to be doing is talking about players in the draft, really. Un is, unless is something crazy happens where you know, I'm DK Metcalf trade or contract um, 
or anything like that. Like that's the. Can you imagine going into this draft with two first round picks, three second round picks, um, a, a third, and, and have like six or seven top 100 picks in this draft? Which is weird because they came into this offseason with like uh, two. Yeah. So <laughs> sure makes the draft more fun, but the lack of talent on the roster because they've traded away Wilson it's, and Metcalf would. Yeah. It's um, distressing. Put it, it would is put a damper on things. A little bit, but we'll we'll worry about that in September. The the, the fun would be uh, in in April. By the way, listeners, just so you know, too, um, Keith is actually going to uh, be visiting me during the draft and staying for some days, and we'll do some live shows together. So yeah, we're gonna do at some at least do some live in person shows. Yeah, we're gonna do some in person shows. We might do a live show. Um, on one of the draft nights just because we can and uh just have some fun with it might as well perfect take advantage absolutely the weather better be nice when i come down there it's a little cloudy today but we're getting it out of the way for you though all right sounds good to me (laughs) right so let's get out of here find keith on twitter at myers nfl i'm at nwc hawk you can find the show on our website you can find the show on your favorite podcast platform and youtube please subscribe Until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Phil is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.